All of the newest episodes of Note to Self are now available on the Luminary Podcast app. It's free to download, and you can also listen to other podcasts from WNYC Studios like Radiolab, Two Dope Queens, Snap Judgment, Here's the Thing with Alec Baldwin, and others. Luminary Premium is the only place where you can enjoy the entire new season of Note to Self, plus new original podcasts you won't find anywhere else from Trevor Noah, Roxanne Gay, Guy Raz, Lena Dunham, and many more. And you can enjoy them ad-free. Start your free trial by going to luminary.link slash note to self or download the Luminary app for free. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hey, Note to Self listeners, it's Manoush here. The big debate over privacy versus our national security has been reignited because of those horrific attacks in Paris. I went on WNYC's Brian Lehrer show to talk to Brian about encryption and counterterrorism and why this conversation is so important and needs to be had right now. We talked about all this in just a little over six minutes. Our regularly scheduled episode will be coming tomorrow. Until then, some important information about technology in our lives today. Let's talk more about that issue of encryption. When Commissioner Bratton was on Face the Nation yesterday, he didn't just talk about protecting the city with conventional law enforcement techniques. He raised this issue that's actually a challenge to mobile phone makers like Apple and others and a challenge to anti-surveillance activists. Here's 40 seconds of Bratton on CBS Face the Nation. These apps, uh, these devices that now allow these terrorists to operate effectively without fear of penetration by intelligence services, this is the first example of this. I'll be very interested for our purposes to see what type of phone devices were they carrying, what type of apps might have been on those devices. We, in many respects, have gone blind as a result of the uh, commercialization and the selling of these devices that cannot be accessed either by the manufacturer or, more importantly, by us in law enforcement, even equipped with the search warrants and judicial authority. This is something that is going to need to be debated very quickly because we cannot continue operating where we are blind, which is our offense. Commissioner Bratton on Face the Nation yesterday. And let's try to understand more of what he's talking about. Manus Zamarodi, host of WNYC's Note to Self podcast, which deals with the role of technology in our lives, is here to explain it further. Hi, Manus. Hi there, Brian. Bratton said Paris seems to be the first example of something involving certain apps. Do you know what kind of apps he's referring to? Well, from what I understand, the attackers are believed to have communicated with encrypted technology. And it might even be things that you have in your living room. They're talking about maybe they were using PlayStation to create a private room where they could talk. Uh, Apps like WhatsApp, where it's called end-to-end encryption, meaning the only people who can see it is the person sending it and the person receiving it. Some of these also have timelines, so the message simply disappears. Um, And so what, of course, the FBI is arguing is that these companies should be required to hold the key to unlock these encrypted communications and that if they have a warrant, they should be able to – those companies should hand the keys you know, quotation and keys, not real keys, obviously, over to the government. So anyone can buy phones or other devices 
with encryption apps. That's just a consumer choice today? It absolutely is. And there are cybersecurity uh, people who say we wouldn't want it any other way. For example, Apple CEO Tim Cook has said, you know, if you put a key under the mat for the cops, a burglar can find it too. So this idea that the government has of potentially having a back door, a, a one little place where nobody else could get our information except the government, people say, well, that's what hackers do. They find these little holes and get into them. There is no way. If it's not fully secure, there's no way to keep the right people in but keep the wrong people out. So you think Tim Cook, for example, Mm -hmm. would disagree as a matter of policy with Commissioner Bratton that this needs to be revisited for uh, public safety purposes. Absolutely. He has said as much in the last 24 hours. What do people commonly use these encryption apps for other than planning terrorist attacks? <laughs> well, you know, sometimes people like to have a private conversation. It could be anything. It could be to have an affair. It could be something less sort of bad or nefarious. It could be just to talk without thinking that anybody else is listening. That is one of the rights we have in a democracy, the right to private thought, to free speech. And there are a lot of people who are saying we're being told by the government that we must trade our privacy in order to be safe. And there are people who feel like incredibly uncomfortable with this, particularly since a lot of the legal discussion around this is pretty vague. We, we don't really say when it should be okay for this information to be handed over. There's, there's not specific language about when or why not it wouldn't be okay to do and it. And in that clip, Bratton said he wanted to know what kinds of phones they were carrying. Are some phones more encryption friendly than others? Well, Apple, as we've just been talking about, has made a point of saying that they are for privacy. So yeah, if you message, if you send a text message using iMessage, that is end-to-end encrypted. So if we're going to have a policy debate about this, Mm. as Bratton suggests we should, what are the policy choices around this? Would it be for the government to ban encryption apps as too dangerous, except maybe for people who work in law enforcement? Exactly that, and require them to build in a backdoor. It's interesting, just uh, a couple months ago, there was new legislation that was passed by the French parliament um, in response to the Charlie Hebdo attacks earlier this year. The law allows the government to monitor phone calls and emails of people suspected of connections to terrorism without the authorization of a judge, which is very interesting, and also requires that internet service providers in France install black boxes that sort of um, vacuum up all the metadata on browsers um, of anybody. There's no sort of, you know, no discrimination as to who to whom might be uh, followed. And, you know, of course, the critics of that law say, like, it's very vague when or when the government can actually put that into action. And we don't necessarily know when they are even using it. Did the Edward Snowden revelations affect this realm? Like once people got the idea that our metadata, what phone numbers and websites were being stored by the government, uh, we raced more toward buying encryption apps as individuals? Yeah, there are people in intelligence who say absolutely that uh, NSA, Ed Snowden, what he told us about what the NSA does and their secret sort of programs has actually made the situation far, far harder for intelligence officers. But there are other people who say, you know – 
encryption is not that hard. If they don't use those ways, the uh, terrorists or whatever we want to call them, they can use other methodologies and, in fact, create their own. These are very technologically savvy people who know how to code, a lot of them, it sounds like. And so us making sure our consumer technology is safe doesn't necessarily change the paradigm. Manusha Marodi, host of WNYC's Note to Self podcast, which deals with the role of technology in our lives. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Brian.